Welcome to The King's Table, a podcast out of Kingsville Church in Boston, where we seek to elevate the Bible over opinion, answering the questions you have. I'm your host, Jonathan Mosley. Today we have with us two members of our church and Northeastern students, Sierra and Coleman, and we're talking about common questions students have when entering college. Enjoy. Sierra and Coleman, it's great to have you on the podcast. Hey, introduce yourself. What year are you guys? What are you studying? What brought you to Northeastern? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Coleman Stuka. I'm really, really excited to, to be on the podcast and, and just get to talk with uh, Pastor John and Sierra. So I'm, uh, I just finished my first year at Northeastern. I'm actually from Toronto, Canada, and I came here to play basketball. Um, and I'm studying business administration. So I'm excited for my sophomore year and excited to see what the Lord has in store. Hey everyone, my name is Sierra Karn. I'm also really excited to be part of this conversation. I'm going into my third year at Northeastern and I'm studying mechanical engineering and I'm from Williamsburg, Virginia. Great, well, hey, thanks for hopping on guys. Uh, you guys were in this boat before. You're moving into a new city uh, on a new campus and you know, you you uh, you have some faith background, and now you're trying to make it your own. So, I know there's some some questions that I'm sure are just in people's minds as they're moving into Boston. So let's let's work through some of them. And I and I think all of these questions have been some that have been asked to you personally. So, okay. So question one, right? What should someone be looking for when they're trying to find a good church to get plugged into? What would be some of the key elements to be looking for? Yeah, I think that when students especially are looking for churches in a city like Boston, perhaps there might be some secondary things that are more comfort based that they might fall into looking at, like the kinds of people there or the music that's played. But I think that the the really important thing is that it's a Christ-centered church and the Bible is the final authority. Um, the preaching is biblical and the church isn't picking and choosing what they want to talk about based on what the world says. Um, it's, you know, God's word is the final authority. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And just, and just to add on that, I would, I would echo the, the Christ-centered Bible-centered and I think just to add on to that would be the, the gospel focus. I think the gospel needs to be at the center of everything that we do. Uh, the Apostle Paul talks about how he aimed to preach nothing but, but Christ crucified. And without Christ crucified and, and without Christ being raised from the dead, we really have no faith. And so that really needs to be at the center um, of everything that we do. And that needs to be the foundation of everything that we do. And then I think just kind of flowing from, from that is, is I think a healthy church has a real focus on discipleship and missions. And, and where this ultimately comes from is the Great Commission. So Jesus commands us um, to go and make disciples of all nations, um, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I think, so if, if we're taking the Bible seriously, we'll take the Great Commission seriously and be serious about making disciples. So I think there should be a real culture of discipleship within the church. There should be godly men and women pouring into to the younger people. And I think this is huge, especially as college students, to be looking for. You want to be discipled. You want to be poured into. I can speak from my own experience, and, and, and I know Sierra can as well, of just how <clears throat> we've both been poured into at Kings Hill, and that's something that, that we're very grateful for. And then not only should there be a culture of discipleship within the church, we should have um, this goal and this aim and this ambition, this holy ambition to be making disciples of all nations, um, with it, whether that's in the city, whether that's in our country, our campus, and then ultimately 
among all the nations. Um, that, that's kind of the primary focus of, of missions is to go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that Jesus commanded us. So I think those are kind of the main things, like the big rocks that I would look for when, when finding a, a local church. And like Sarah said, those secondary issues, I think, should remain secondary and that we should really focus on these things. Yeah, that's great. Coleman, I remember when you were interested in King's Hill, you asked if we could have, if we could grab a cup of coffee. And there, you had several questions. And some of them related to what we believed as a church. And some of them were connected to uh, what our plan of discipleship looked like and how we wanted to serve the city. And for a student that's considering what church they want to plug into, I would actually recommend that same step. Email the pastor, reach out to them after the service and grab a cup of coffee and have a list of questions that you can ask pertaining to what they believe and how they can be poured into and how they can get in the game and make disciples. So I love what you guys said. Uh, for both of you guys now, what has it been like navigating the school environment that you're in as a believer? Yes, I, I definitely think it's been a, a learning experience and God gives a lot of grace, thankfully. Um, yeah, so I just finished my first year, so and it was a COVID year, so it was, it was a bit weird. Um, I often joke that I'm, I'm almost going into like my freshman year because I don't really count this past year. But I think a big thing that, that I've learned is that the, the strong Christian community is, is a must. Like that's, that's, a, that's a non-negotiable. Um, it says in, in scripture, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And so I think we need to, we need to be in Christian community. We need to be with, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and so, yeah, if we're, if we're spending 99% of the time with unbelievers being poured into by the world, being poured into by, by secular professors, by, by movies and TV shows, we're going to be influenced by that. That's just inevitable. Scripture is clear on that. And so I think that that's a big thing. And then kind of related to that, I think it's it's really important just to be filling ourselves with, with the word of God and, and really spending time in, with God in prayer. And then also corporately with other saints um, in the word, hearing the word preached um, in, in smaller in smaller groups. Um, at King's Hill, we have life groups, those types of things. And I think a big, a big thing for me, I think, was not being naive, not thinking that and this would just be my advice to, to college students coming in is, is don't, don't be naive to think that you're too good or too holy or strong enough to, that you can't fall into temptation. Um, I think we can come in with the best, best intentions, but it says in the, in the Bible, take heed lest, lest you fall. And so I think not, we're all susceptible to temptation. Um, we're, none of us are strong enough to, to resist it on our own. So I think it's just being really wise, preparing for, for these situations when temptations arise, preparing to avoid it at all costs, and then ultimately fleeing from it, from it when we need to. Um, so I think those are kind of the main, the main points um, that, that I've kind of seen as I've kind of tried to go through this process. And it's still, it's still a learning process for me. Yeah, I would second everything that Coleman just said. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, uh, I believe, in a secular school environment. But in those moments where we feel weak, you know that the Lord gives us strength to get through that. Um, and just want to say it's don't feel like you're missing out by saying no to worldly things and these desires of the flesh. Um, I know that I was told and tempted, oh, everyone's doing it, so it's okay. Like, we're in college now, you know, you don't have your parents around. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's right and that these things, um, they're not pleasing to the Lord. And ultimately, we, we know that the Lord is everlasting and he's far greater than all these things on this earth. Um, and we're, we're told to strive to, to store our treasures in heaven, not here. Everything here is temporary. 
I think that's something really important to remember. And also just pray for to be opened where you can have conversations with non-believers about your faith, but also pray for boldness when you're able to have those conversations. You don't want the Lord to open a door and then you kind of turn away from it. So I think those are also things. To yeah. You guys mentioned just the need for Christian community. How has that played out for your time in college so far? What, what role has Christian fellowship played as you've been a college student? Yeah, it's been, it's been huge. It's been huge for me. Um, I never really had that before college, prior to college. I'm more more recent in my faith. So I grew up in, in a Christian home, but I don't really have any Christian community back home. And so that was this was something that was new to me. And then so I think just it really got me out of my lukewarmness. So I was I was I was around growing up, I felt like I was around a lot of worldly Christianity, a lot of lukewarm Christianity. And I think just seeing people that are on fire for the Lord. And just really living by what the Apostle Paul said, like for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So I saw people that Jesus was their life. And, and it was a beautiful thing just seeing people who Jesus is their life. And it's like, man, I want that. Like, I, I need that. Like that's, this is, this is true life, right? So when I saw that, I was like, man, I'm missing something. Like I'm not, so it, it was really just a process of kind of shaping and, and learning what true Christianity is. It's not this worldly, nominal lukewarm Christianity that we often see in the West. It's like, this is, it's, it's life. Jesus is life. And it's, and this is a fullness of life. So I think that was, that was something that I really learned um, through, through the community that I had. But I think another thing I mentioned that, that the scripture where it says bad company corrupts good morals. So I think it was just, it shapes um, who we are, who we spend time with um, when we're with other people that are, that are really on fire for the Lord and, and helping us run our race it's encouraging it we can't we can't run this race alone uh, the world is the world is hard that we have an adversary that, that prowls around like a lion uh, so we, we really can't do it on our own so I, I just know for me personally oftentimes being around unbelievers can be very draining um, especially when like conversations can get very dark and you're just hearing this this darkness and, and sin um, it can be very draining um, and hard and we're being tempted all the while and and, and oftentimes I just get discouraged by that. But I just know by being being around believers, I'm, I'm so refreshed, so encouraged, so strengthened. Um, and it really just just having other people that you can really talk to and say, you know, what, maybe I'm struggling with this or, or having people that can say, you know, what, I've, I've fallen in this area and then be encouraged. And I think that just goes back to the, 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 th- the whole thing with discipleship, like finding like for me to be able to find a godly man and you, Pastor Jonathan, to be able to just have real conversations with about real things. Um, and just be able to be open and, and have you speaking at it. That, that's been huge for me. Um, and so I, I think that's just big for, big for everybody. Um, I often say like, I think I've told you this is, is I'm a 19 year old that has, that has no idea what he's doing. Um, trying to seek the Lord, but I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm young. I'm foolish often. Um, so yeah, we, we just, we need each other. We need each other really bad. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first year. So I'm now, I finished two years at college and my first year I was not involved with any Christian fellowship on campus. I didn't have a church that I was attending. I also was very lukewarm my first year of college. I rarely was in the Bible, um, praying. I didn't, you know, I still believed in the Lord, but I wasn't, you know, talking to him. I wasn't spending time with him. And so my second year having Christian fellowship has, it's really been a game changer. Although my second year was during COVID, it has been so much better than the first just because as Coleman was saying, when you see people on fire for the Lord, it's happy and so encouraged. And there's just a lightness of being, you know, spending time with, 
with other believers. So I think just having um, a group of Christian um, peers around me in this like same life stage, we're all going through the same thing. We've just been able to, to push each other, hold each other accountable, um, just grow together and find ways to disciple each other. Um, and just have those, those deep conversations, those real conversations about what we're going through. But yeah, it's just, it's really left me encouraged to also have a desire to learn more. So that way I can you know, one day turn around and try and disciple these younger students who are coming into college um, and kind of pour into them as I was poured into as well. So it's kind of, you know, giving and receiving in a sense. Yeah, we, we talked about here the importance of Christian fellowship. And I've been really encouraged by both of you guys because you have really surrounded yourself with other students that really want to make much of Jesus. But I, I think there is a difference between Christians hanging out and Christian fellowship, right? You can get a, a bunch of Christians, quote unquote, that have faith in their background or nominally they adhere to Jesus, but that doesn't mean that they want him more than anything. And so Christian fellowship is really about, I want to be more like Jesus. Do you want to be more like Jesus? Let's be like, let's be more like Jesus together. And that becomes the main foundation, the main aim of your friendship. And I've been really encouraged because the friends that you've put around your life, I know that's, that's, that's your goal for these friendships. Uh, but I, I would make that distinction between Christians hanging out and, and Christian fellowship. And we need that Christian fellowship because as you guys have mentioned, everything on that school campus is trying to pull you away from Jesus. And so you definitely need one another. And in what ways has your spiritual growth been different since being in college? I think I mentioned earlier that the main component is just not having my family there to be a constant reminder of, you know, maybe like, okay, we're all going to go to church on Sunday and you should be reading your Bible or you should be seeking out that Christian fellowship, being on your own. You know, you're making all those decisions for yourself. And I've heard that especially your first year in college can be that like make or break year where students will really grow in their faith when they recognize it as their own or they kind of fall away from it. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the key thing was just truly making my faith my own, just every day waking up, deciding okay, I'm going to live for the Lord today. I want to strive to, to be a witness, to be a light, um, to further his kingdom. And yeah, I think just really taking steps to to help myself in that group, um, whether it's been, you know, listening to other podcasts as well or reading other books, um, using lots of other outside resources, practicing spiritual disciplines um, and just being discipled. I think that's helped me a lot um, compared to when I was home. Yeah, that's great, Sarah. I, I can relate to a lot of a lot of what Sierra shared. I think for me, a big, a big difference was just having all the independence and the freedom that, that college brings. And I'm, I mean, my parents are in a different, I'm from a different country. Um, so I'm really, really on my own. And I think there's, a, there's a lot of blessings in independence and freedom. And like, I, I want to become a, a godly man and, and that requires having independence, and freedom and responsibility. But I think there is also a, a dangerous flip side to that of having so much freedom and independence because it, it means that we have to start making tough decisions for ourselves. Um, and so oftentimes our parents might make that for us or maybe even a, a good group of friends back home, but, but coming to college, I mean, you're, you're really on your own. 
you don't really have to worry about what your parents think. You don't have to worry about what maybe friends back home think. Like, at least for me, coming from so far away, I really had kind of a fresh slate here. No one really knew me all that much. I mean, I, I knew guys on my team, but it, it really, you're in this kind of situation where you can kind of have this like ease of sin, I would call it, where you could kind of fall into sin really easily and kind of do it hidden and in secret. And I think the devil really likes that. He likes when things kind of grow and fester in the darkness. So I think just being really aware of just the temptation that, that college uh, college opens up, I guess. There, there's just, there's so much temptation and, and we're going to be surrounded as believers by people who don't know Jesus and who are therefore living in darkness. And they're going to be doing things that the people of the world do that, that, that as believers, we just simply cannot because we need to submit our lives to, to Jesus and, and what he says in his word. And so I think it's just, for me, it was big just, just seeing that temptation. And I think that and it just goes back to just having, like, I think we need to be really in the word and seeing, okay, this is what God commands and then being really set um, to, to really and discipline ourselves to say, you know, we're going to, or I'm going to follow this. This is what I believe. And this is what I'm going to stand for. And again, it, a lot of this is connected, but going back to the Christian fellowship, it's a lot easier to say, no, you know what? I'm not going to go out and party. I'm not going to go sleep around when you can stand by five of your brothers or sisters and say, you know what? We're not going to do it rather than I'm not. And it, I found that that makes it a lot easier because, because yeah, you're, you're going to see a lot of things that are really, really enticing. I think, um, coming into college and, and a lot of people maybe for the first time, like never being exposed to some sort some of these types, types of temptation. I think that's why it's so easy to often fall away from the faith is because, because we're maybe we've never seen some of these things or been tempted by these things and we're on our own. So I think it's really just important just to be grounded in God's word and, and be strong in our convictions when they're based in scripture and then be, be strong in, in Christian community as well. You, you guys have named several already, but would you would you uh, also add any other spiritual challenges that you face when first coming to, cha- uh, to college? And, and what steps did you take to, to compensate for that, to help overcome that? So kind of two questions in one there. Are there any other challenges that you would kind of help put in front of someone entering college to say, hey, look out for this? And then what steps did you personally take to see that overcome? Uh. As as Kwon was just mentioning, these temptations, my first year of college, really not being surrounded by that Christian community and not being in the word. You know, at first I, I kind of stuck to my morals um, the first couple of months and slowly not being, you know, not abiding in the Lord. It was very easy for me to fall into some of those temptations, um, not recognizing, oh, this is temporary. You know, this won't bring me true joy. Um, and so I don't know, it, it really wasn't until I started surrounding myself with those people that were really there to walk alongside me, like push me towards the Lord. That I was able to recognize that, you know, these things are not. And I think another challenge was just the busyness of like, coming to school and trying to balance, you know, different activities. Um, you know, as homework assignments, friendships, and I just became really too preoccupied with a lot of this to spend that necessary time with the Lord. So, Sierra, just to add on to that, how do you, you know, we've talked about in our discipleship cohorts, what it looks like to gospel your own heart. So I, that 
it, it's it's not as if uh, business comes and goes. You kind of students almost live in that season, right? There's so many demands and pressures. How do you like gospel your heart when when that when that hits? When you realize, oh, I have a lot to do. What are the the, the truths, the promises that you're preaching to yourself, so that you don't give in to putting Jesus on the back burner? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've just constantly remind myself that the Lord is, you know, the one who provides me with strength. Um, just constantly reminding myself of all these promises that He tells us in the Bible. Um, and I think to to not put Him on the back burner now, I've you know moved Him up to the top of the line in my list. Okay, I I recognize that I need to spend time and rest, and I need to spend time with the Lord. Um, not that the other things are bad necessarily, but just recognizing the importance of resting with the Lord first um, when busyness does come up and stress and overwhelming emotions arise. Yeah. I, uh, I remember talking with a student a few years ago and uh, he, uh, he, he wanted, he wanted to be, he wanted to, pursue God of the community and pursue God, but he was, he was really, uh, he was really nervous about getting a certain grade on in a certain class. And to get a certain grade in a certain class, he'd have to go back to his home country. Uh, and so, you know, he, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll pursue God next semester. Right. And so I remember I was talking about that. And uh, the, if, uh, if the worst thing, is having is being sent back to your home country, but you still have Jesus. Totally worth it. But if you get the A in the class and you've neglected Jesus for a whole sem- whole semester, not worth it. Well, at the end of the day, we are we are sons and daughters first, student second. But it's not as if it's like Jesus is front seat and then school is like the back seat. It's like Jesus is it's front seat. And then you have this like 15 passenger van bus and like schools like way all the way in the back, right? Like in terms of eternal importance, uh, wanting to make sure Jesus wins in our day-to-day lives. Now God's called this, you know, your students, God's called you to this place, this context, this school for this, um, for such as time as this. But uh, I always remember, I forget who said it, but uh, the quote is, if we're too busy for God, then we're, we're actually too busy for what God's will is for our lives. Like ultimately, everything is about Jesus and being with him and doing everything with him and for him, including including school. But that, Sierra, that was one of the big things for me when I was in college was uh, I was perfectionist and I wanted all A's and I really wanted to work towards uh certain achievements that I had kind of set in my mind and along the way you begin to drift. And I just, I think what you guys are saying is really encouraging for someone coming in to know that uh, our identity is not something that we have to achieve through grades. It's something we've already received in Christ. And out of that relationship, we live for him, which means even studying for his glory. So I just wanted to underscore kind of what you mentioned there. This one's a big one. And you guys are members at Kings Hill and you're in leadership at Agape. So Really excited to, to listen in to what you have to say about this. Here's the next question. How do you balance campus ministry with local church involvement? Yeah, it's it's important to recognize how 
being students on a college campus, we have access to a group of people that a church might not necessarily have access to. Um, you know, we're, we're students in classrooms, um, on sports teams, in different clubs with these peers. So we're really able to be a light um, on our college campuses. But also, obviously, the church is very important as well. And so it's necessary to spend time with the church family that you're walking with and you're living life with and you're caring for. Obvious, like make sure that you're you're spending time with both groups um, and not like what I just mentioned, not overwhelming yourself in complete busyness where you don't have time for yourself um, to rest. But I don't know, just spending spending time trying to disciple those around you, but also you know being poured into um, the church. Yeah, I think. I think that's a great, it's a great question. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult one to navigate. It's one that I've actually asked before as well. And I think I've been incredibly blessed by the campus ministry here at Northeastern. That's actually the, the avenue that the Lord chose to bring me to Kings Hill. So I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for campus ministries. But ultimately, it isn't the local church. Um, it's, it's something completely different than the local church. And so therefore, I think the local church should be a real, real priority in, in our lives, especially as college students. It's really easy to think, OK, why do I need to go to church? Um, I have my campus ministry, um, but it, but it's really just not it's not the same thing at all. Um, I would not be growing spiritually as much as, as I would have over this last six months if it wasn't for being a part of, of, the, of the local church of Kings Hill. Um, so, if, yeah, we don't, we don't want to just leave our, our spiritual growth and, and being shepherd and our discipleship to, to a campus ministry. And I think there's a lot of wonderful things that can come from campus ministry, but it, I think it's just ensuring that the local church is, is a priority in our lives. And I think a big reason for that is just we have this multi-generational group of believers. And then that we have these, these God-ordained um, like pastors and shepherds, elders that, that are here to care for our souls. And, and so we don't have that at, at a campus ministry. And so that's something that's just completely different and separate and, and it's and has been huge for me personally just to be a part of that and just to see godly men to see godly women that are maybe it's a maybe it's a young professional single or it's a or it's a stay-at-home mom or or a 40-year-old teacher or whatever it may be just seeing seeing all these different believers in different stages of life it's just been huge and you don't get that at at, at the campus ministry and that's again I spend a ton of time with people from my campus ministry and I love that and it's natural to hang out with people our own age who are like us but there's something that that is just beautiful about being able to spend time with with someone who's completely different from you. You have nothing in common, but the one common denominator that you have is Jesus Christ. And there's there's a oneness and a unity there, and and that's just something you can't get at a campus ministry. And again, I I preface this with I've been extremely blessed with the campus ministry, so I don't have any, anything against necessarily a campus ministry, but I definitely think that the local church need, needs to have a priority um, in in our lives, especially as college students, because I know a lot of people, I've talked to a lot of people who who really, for a while, they thought that the campus ministry was their local church, but but it's it's really not. And then when they come to the local church, they see that. And so that would just be my prayer for for all these all these younger college students coming in, that they would see just the value of of the local church and the beauty of 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 the body of Christ um, in in the form of the local church. Mm-hmm. Guys, how how do you how do you balance how do you balance school? extracurricular responsibilities with church, personal devotional time. How do you fit it all in? 
what are what are some some tips, some guides you can you can provide upcoming incoming students? Yeah, I think that's another. I would say that's probably one of the biggest ones that I think college students have to wrestle with in terms of of scheduling their time. Um, because again, you have a lot more independence and freedom, so you can really schedule your own time how you see fit. And I would just, I think the main thing, I think this is really, I mean, this, is, this should be the banner over really every, every Christian's life is that Jesus is everything. Um, and so when we have that kind of as our, as our motto for our life, I think everything flows from that. And so if, if we truly believe that Jesus is everything, then I think we're going to schedule our time according to that. We're going to surrender our lives to that fact that Jesus is everything. Jesus is King. And if Jesus is King, we need to be behaving like he's King fully surrendered to him. And therefore our schedules and our time surrenders to him. It's not the other way around. It's not like, okay, where can I fit Jesus in? It's okay. Jesus is everything. Now, how can I fit these other responsibilities that I have around that? And that, that's a hard thing to do. Um, I play basketball. Um, that's a, it's a big time commitment. So that's something that I've had to, had to learn and, and grow with. But I think, I think that it stems from that place of having Jesus as everything. And then that being said, I think a, a verse that I think is really applicable here is first Corinthians 10 31 that says, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So I think this, this means that we don't separate secular and spiritual. We don't say, okay, I'm going to have my 20 minutes of quiet time in the morning, go to church on Sunday, maybe a small group on Wednesday night. And then the rest of the time, me time. This is school. This is me. This is whatever. No, that's that's not how the Christian life works, and that's something that I've had to learn. Um, but our whole lives need to be devoted to Christ and to and to His glory. So I think. But then that being said, there is an importance to having the personal worship time alone in His Word, um, alone with God in prayer, and then also being with the saints in corporate worship settings, whether that's on a Wednesday night or, or a Sunday morning. So I think those those would be kind of the main points that I would that I would really really stress to. To young believers coming into college. Yeah, I agree with what Coleman said. I think that it's something I'm also focusing on right now is just being consistent throughout all this time. Like, not I'm the Christian at this time, and then you know I'm just living for myself. Other times, um, you know, we're we're in the world, but we're not of it. I think that's important to remember um, when we do our when we are spending time with with non-believers, um, but. Yeah, as reading what Coleman said, it is it's good and important to find a balance between that personal time that you have with the Lord and time in fellowship. Um, I think it's it, we should be weary of spending all of our time in, in one of those categories. It's easy to fall into false gospels of, you know, this is what, you know, this is what Christianity is, this is what my faith is. Like I'm always with people, or you know, it's just me. Um, I think it's necessary to have both of those things. And I, I don't remember who was preaching when I listened to this. Um, but I heard some, someone say something along the lines of if your personal worship, like for the Lord does not look like your worship when you're around other people, then when you're around other people, you're just acting. Um, and that really made me think is the time that I'm spending with the Lord, is this true worship? Is this, you know, like true, like a true relationship with him. And so regarding school and all these like other clubs and activities, they're, like you don't have to give up things you enjoy, um, but it's just important to find that healthy balance. One thing that I that really stuck with me from discipleship cohorts at Kings Hill was just finding time to rest. I I am still a very busy person. Um, I don't like saying no to things. I always want to, you know, be part of different activities. But it's, I had to ensure that I wasn't spending too much time, you know, that it was prohibiting my my growth, my faith. 
And then I also wasn't spending time with people that were prohibiting that faith growth. Um, yeah. So it's just been a good reminder for me that the Lord like has given me an opportunity to come to school and learn and I should perform my best for him. But as you're talking about Jonathan with that, that one student who was, you know, really stressing about that test grade, um, like years from now, that one poor test score, um, I've had to remind myself, it's going to matter far less than the connections I've made and the time I've spent with Jesus. I think it's really helped me in college so far. Yeah. From an internal perspective, will this matter in 10,000 years? You know, uh, just, just circling back to this question. Uh, so a student, you know, they, they hear what you just said. And so in their follow-up question is, okay, Coleman Sierra, what, when I, when I'm putting my schedule together, what are the non-negotiables? What are the big rocks that I need to make sure I have time for every week? How would you guys respond to that? Yeah, so I think I think there'd be a, f- a few things there. I think I think there should be time daily in in the Word and in prayer, and I think that can look different for each person. Um, I know for me personally, if I don't do it in the morning, I'm probably not going to do it. Um, and I think in in the, in the life of a college student, you get busy during the day and things happen. Um, so personally, I I would recommend the morning as as a good time to really turn our hearts to the Lord. So I think. To me, for me, for my life, those are those are typically things I try to make non-negotiable. I think gathering gathering with the saints in, in a corporate setting and worshiping. I think that's so Sunday morning at, at a local church. I think that's to me that's a that's a non-negotiable. That that needs to be something that we're that we're working around. And then I think it's really and I and I can't say with the authority of God's word how how many times a week you should be gathering and, and in the Bible study in a small group. But I really think the more the more you can be doing that, the better. Um, I think it's it's a wonderful thing. I've been incredibly blessed to be in, in different fellowship groups and Bible studies and prayer groups. And that's just been a real blessing. And, and I don't think you're ever going to really regret going to those more. Um, so I think just if you can find those groups and, and really try to schedule those into your week and make those a priority and then really work around those things, I think that would be an incredibly, incredible blessing. Um, it's been an incredible blessing for my life. But again, I can't say, you know, you need to be in three Bible studies a week or you're disobeying God. I can't say that. Um, but I, I definitely would just recommend as much as possible um, being gathering with the saints and, and getting in the word and getting in prayer. Because these, these are the means of grace that the Lord has provided us to really know him and, and grow in him. And so we, we want to be doing this on our own time and we want to be doing this corporately as well. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if Sierra might have any of that. Yeah, pretty much what I would what I would say, as Jonathan was saying, 10,000 years from now, like. Jesus is going to be the only thing that that truly matters. And so, yeah, this time in corporate fellowship, at church, um, a daily devotion with the Lord is very important. And I would agree. Um, sometimes if I don't spend that time in the morning, those the busyness of the day fills up. So it's important. And I found it has really affected my day when the first thing I do is I spend time with God and I spend time in his word. Um, and if if I want to start my day off in the best way possible, it's going to be with Jesus. And so I would reiterate that as well. Yeah, those are really uh, helpful suggestions. And uh, you know, I also I think about, you know, Coleman, as you're talking about just the, the need to be around saints. And, and you've mentioned that too, Sierra. Hebrews 3.13, mm-hmm. uh, exhort, it, exhort one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that our hearts aren't deceived by sin. And that that deceitfulness of sin happens so fast. And so the need to be around 
godly people, you know, we will say King Silla, it's the people of God and the word of God that keep us close to God. And so that just needs to be a daily diet for us. And, and just to circle back to what one of you guys have said earlier too, uh, I would say going into college, make it, make it a non-negotiable that you're with people in different life seasons. You guys have said that before, but if I could go back, if I could go back in time when I was in college, I would have loved to have spent more time with people way older than me. And, and, and this often at King's Hill, it's different in every church, but that would be in, in life groups uh, where you're in that multi-generational community. But man, I, it wasn't until after college where I was plugged into a local church and I had people invite me in their home where I really got a vision for what does godly fatherhood look like? What does a godly uh, husband look like? And uh, if I could go back in time, I would have I would have knocked on doors or gone in people's homes at my local church in Athens, Georgia. And I would I would just I would I would have wanted to have seen that more. And while the students in college the more time you can spend around that godly husband, that godly father, it's going to, God will use that to create a vision and same for a godly mother, godly wife, whatever it is, God can use that to create in you a vision for what's, what the next season of life is going to look like and, and prepare you before you step into it. So I would just say pursuing multi-generational community, uh, make that a priority. Last question here. What do you know now? that you wish you knew coming into college? I think for me, especially coming from the background that I came from, kind of feeling like I was surrounded by this kind of dead Christianity, I've described it as, just very lukewarm and worldly. I think it's that Jesus needs to be everything in our lives, not just a part of it. Um, I felt like, and this was even me coming into college, that, you know, I could, Jesus was just kind of like, you know, I'll have some good morals and I'll just kind of be a good person a quote-unquote good person um and i just kind of add a little jesus on top of that and and punch my ticket to heaven and go about my life and that, that's really where my mind was and, and you can see just the, the darkness of that but then that was something that just just in a, that was a big part of being in the christian community is seeing you know this this isn't how it ought to be um this isn't this is a new testament christianity and and that there there is people who are really living for living for jesus and so i think that that was a big that was a big thing for me and i think where that relates to is just not you can't live with with a foot in both worlds you can't live with a foot kind of on the fence kind of trying to trying to live for this world and trying to live for jesus it says clear in scripture you can't serve two masters um yeah so i think that, that was a big one and, and i heard someone share that the most joyless christians are the ones who have a have a foot in in both worlds in both camps and no, that's been true in my life um, i've seen that when i when i've tried to kind of have the best of both worlds um, try to have a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of the world. You just feel empty and dead because ultimately you're 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 trying to resist these temptations of the world, but then you're not experiencing this fullness of joy and this and this this wonderful experience that the Lord has has for has for His children. Um, you're kind of just in this weird middle spot, and and Jesus is clear what He's going to do to lukewarm Christians. He says He's going to spit them out of out of His mouth, and so that, that that's been a real eye opening thing for me. Um, and I think just kind of connected to that is, and this would just kind of be what I would, what I would want to end off with to telling everybody is, is if we're not being filled constantly with Jesus, we're going to fill ourselves with something. And I've seen that with my life. If I'm not being filled with, with Jesus, like just the way our, just the way we're wired, right? Like we, we, we're going to fill ourselves with something. So 
that could be sex, relationships, pornography, our work, job, whatever it may be, but it's going to be something, right? So that's why it's so important just to be constantly being filled because when we, when we're not filled and we're not fully content and just rejoicing in, in Jesus, that's when we're, that's when we're, our hearts are so prone to wander and that's when we'll try to fill ourselves with other things that will just leave us empty. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's very important to make sure that, you know, Jesus is priority and is everything. Um, and I think that when I, when I was coming into college, you know, when I was applying to all these schools, you know, was trying to, to reach the big ones and just kept on getting rejections and um, getting into Northeastern, I didn't really like give God the credit for where he led me. Um, I just told myself, okay, I'll, I'll go to Northeastern. I'm going to school to learn. I'm going to go get a degree. Maybe I'll get my master's after, like, who knows? Um, and it's, it's been incredible to see the way that the Lord has like shaped my time here in the past two years being in Boston. Um, I think that I had forgotten just his sovereignty through it all. And now it's a lot easier for me two years in college to recognize that being at Northeastern as a student in Boston is just part of God's plan and that there's so much more he has for me here um, with the people that he's placed me um, like that I live with, or I'm on the rugby team and the people that I'm around there um, just being part of the church now and a member of a church where I'm able to really just love on these people um, around me through, you know, different walks of life, different stages of life. It's, it's been really cool to see the way that God is using me um, in so many other ways than I could have imagined. I never could have painted the path that I would have walked to get here. And so, as Coleman said, throughout that, you know, the Lord is at the front of it all. Um, and I think that that's something I wish I had, you know, thought of or looked to when I was starting college. That's great. Yeah, Siri, you made me think of a quote. I think it's by John Piper who said, God's doing 10,000 things at one time and we might be aware of one or two of them, right? Just uh, so many more reasons than what we can even imagine for why God has brought a student to a particular place at a particular time. Uh, hey, if you are a incoming student, coming into Boston, I want you to know that we are praying for you, praying for your time in, in the city, praying for your time at college, and asking God uh, to lead you into a fulfilling relationship with himself and his people. Uh, Sierra Coleman, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Well, I hope you found this discussion fruitful and equipping, especially if you're an incoming new student this fall. Glad you could join us at the King's Table. If you'd like more resources or information about Kings Hill Church, you can visit us online at www.kingshillboston.com.